From Edge Radio 99.3 FM, this is an edit of The Dice Man Cometh, the podcast. The Dice Man Cometh! Well, it's that time again. It's a Thursday evening and... Here am I in the studios of Edge Radio 99.3 FM with Hobart, joined tonight by my comrade in cardboard crime, Leon. Hello, Mark. Who has had a big, big, big weekend away and he can't wait to tell you all about it later on in the show. I certainly shall. Uh, And we will give a shout out to our... Well, I was going to say good friend, but average friend, Garth. That other bloke that turns up from time to time. Yeah, he's not here. He's off jollying around the country. I think he's somewhere in New South Wales today. As one does. Near the south coast or something or rather. I don't know what he's up to. So he won't be joining us. It's just the two of us. Just the two of us. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Now, look, I've had a bit of a down day, I must admit. Mm -hmm. You know, you... I've been talking last week and ranting last week about about feeling old, but you know you're feeling old when all of the people that you used to look up to and admire and watch in movies and TV and everything when you were young start to fall off the perch. Yeah, they're dropping like flies, aren't they? And we'll just get rid of that cheery music. (laughs) And today, of course, we've lost someone... My favourite movie of all times right. is Blade Runner. Always has been since I've been a wee lad. Mm. I've loved it so much. And although I, you know, had seen Rutger Hauer in many other movies, particularly through the 80s, through Hitcher and things like that, he was such a good, strange, bad guy and he's been in so many things. But he, uh, he's shuffled off this mortal coil mm. earlier today, apparently. But to me, he will always be Roy Batty, the skin job from uh, Blade Runner, and I just couldn't get this out of my uh, head all day today. I was gonna, I've seen things. I was gonna do it myself, but I think he can do it better. Attack ships on fire. I watched sea bees. So sadly, Faruka Hauer, as his character says, time to die. Mm. It's very sad. Although, Leon, yes. it did make me want to ask you a question. Yes. Describe in single words only the good things that come to, mo- to your mind about your mother. Uh, 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 loving. <laughs> ca- ca- you, don't, you don't get the reference. Caring, nice. No, I don't. <laughs> the, uh, well, what was the name of the other male replicant in Blade Runner, Leon? Uh, Leon, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. And yeah. that was when he said, my mother, I'll tell you about my mother, and shot the guy. Ah, uh, Remember? Yes. yes. Anyway, so I'm getting a bit carried away. I mean, so. I'm in so many films, I forget. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, Leon. So, yes, R.I.P. Rukahawa, be sadly missed. And, um, yeah, but apart from that, we're going to talk about games. We're going to talk about your big weekend at LFG. Indeed. Um, oh, and before we do go yes. to a break, we should also mention that during the week, mm. the, uh, the Spiel des Jahres and the Kenner Spiel des Jahres mm-hmm. were announced, the they winners. Sure were. Now, I just want to point out, um, for the Spiel, Leon, you picked yeah. just one. I did. I picked... Just one. Yeah. And Garth picked just one, but then he said, oh, but I actually think they'll give it to Knizia for Lama. Yeah, so he doesn't count. And you know which one won? I think it might have been just one, Mark. There you go. And mm. for the Canis Bill, do you mm. remember who you picked? Uh, it would have been Wingspan, I believe. Yep, Garth picked Wingspan. Yeah. And, in fact, I picked Wingspan mm. um, with our little point system, and Wingspan won. So I would say that's... 
100% success rate. First time ever. May our credibility never be brought into question <laughs> ever again, at least for maybe this week. Absolutely. Now, what I'm trying to do is I've brought into the studio a couple of these silver disc things. Yeah, I saw them. They're kind of they're like they're like coasters but shiny. Uh, but I'm trying to work out how to get the machine to work because I've never played silver disc things in the studio. I think I've got it. Anyway, look, let's come back soon and talk about your big weekend away in LFG here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh. Hi, I'm Jamie Stegmeyer from Stonemeyer Games, and you are listening to the Dice Men Cometh podcast. No, we can never love Rukahawa more. That was Sunscream here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. You're with the Dicemen Cometh for episode 270 on the 25th of July 2019. Now, Leon. Yes, sir. As we mentioned briefly, you had a little trip away. I did. To LFG yes. in Sydney, oh, the big sh- game convention. I certainly did. So I left early on the Friday morning, and mm. although we like to talk about me being the young one on the show, which, I mean, comparatively, <laughs> I am. Yes. But I'm actually, I'm actually 32 years <gasps> young, if you'll believe that. And I have never been on a plane by myself before. Oh, <laughs> really? No. And I've also never stayed in a hotel room by no, myself before. No, are you kidding? Because I just guess it's the natural charisma that people just want to be around me, so I've never had the chance. I've always gone with, you know, with a partner or with mates or with you clowns and whatever else. So that was a bit of interesting experience, but luckily the old the headphones and the Nintendo Switch saw me through that one. So I landed yeah. in uh, I landed in Sydney and I jumped on a train and I went out to I went out to Bankstown, which mm-hmm. I don't know much of other than um, the reputation of it, which I'm sure is not completely true. <laughs> and I went to uh, the Bankstown Sports Centre, which I didn't know anything about other than it's called the Bankstown Sports Centre. And you told me that it's quite a crazy and unique place. Oh, it's a massive and place, I was, for sure. And I was thinking, sports centre? So what is it? Is it like a, a big RSL with <laughs> a couple of motel rooms, maybe some indoor cricket nets out the back, and maybe there's just a big <laughs> dining room and that's where LFG is? No. No, that's not the case at all. It is essentially, it is like a casino slash a club med, if you kind yeah. of will, in the middle of a suburb yep. where there's restaurants and bars and there was bands playing and all sorts of... And a big old hotel, which is what I was staying at. And then I went up to the LFG itself, which is in a massive, massive hall. We talk about um, going to Bordercon, which is just 200 people playing games in two really large rooms, yep. essentially. Uh, LFG is three times that size with about three times that many people. And we had the, the big hall where it had all the people showing off their new games and they had the Aetherworks people that were showing how to, people how to paint minis and stuff. And it was it, well, I think when I was there, it's called the Grand Ballroom or yes, something? the, the room Grand Ballroom. Was, yeah. and, then in the ball, and then the room next to it where we had LFG had their retail operation yeah. as well as their games library and a good 50-odd tables there of people just playing games. And that was that was us for, for three or four days. And and it was much fun. Like always, there was I, – I felt like I did a lot, but then there was heaps I didn't get to as well. Yes. Like I didn't ever get a chance to play in any of the any of the tournaments. There was <gasps> even some people I didn't get a chance to go around. I got a chance to chat to all the people that I've known before. There was yes. a few people there I hadn't met before that had some games that I hadn't seen before that I wanted to have a chance to have a look at. And I just, just didn't have time. Okay. I just, it just ran out because between trying to do everything, chatting to people, getting some interviews, playing some games – Yeah. And uh, helping out some new designers in the proto spiel, which we'll talk probably a bit about later. Yeah, just it just time flew by, and it was yeah, it was an absolute grand weekend. So we'll, we've got some um, interviews. We're going to split them in half. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll play one in a minute. But I just wanted to ask, uh, firstly, did you get the chance to catch up with some listeners? I certainly did. Now I won't. I probably won't mention many names. A because I'm horrible with names, <laughs> and B because you there was have... a solid, at least. 20 or more people yeah. that come up to me and said, you're Leon, as in you're Diceman Leon. I'm a big fan. So I shook my hand and a few of them I took pictures oh, with fantastic. and stuff, which was lovely. And a few of them I got to play games with, a few of them I got to have a beer with and ate a meal with from yeah. time to time. Um, you all know who you are, listeners, and it was great meeting you. And I can't wait to go back again next year and, and meet even more people. The, the, the board gaming family just expands every time you go to one of these conventions and you meet somebody new and then you see them at another convention and yeah. another convention. And it just keeps flowing and flowing and flowing until you realise that you've got You've got 50 new mates across yes. the country that you don't even realise. Yeah, and I know. I, mean, I went to, I was lucky enough to go to LFG the year before, and mm-hmm. that was sort of my first foray to 
the Sydney board game community, although obviously some Sydney people come down to BorderCon. Yeah. But, yeah, meeting a whole new group of people, getting to play games with them and chat with them and have a beer, as he said. Now, did you get to play many actual games? Because I know it gets very busy. <laughs> well, uh, realistically, compared to others, uh no. Actually, over the entire weekend, I probably played just under a dozen games. Wow. And that is, considering that some of them were smaller things, like yeah. I played Llama again, I played a few filler games here and there. Mm-hmm. I only played one or two uh, bigger games. But, yeah, I probably got into about a dozen all over. Some of them, all of which were new new games to me, games that were on my list that I did want to play. Yes. Um, so I was pretty excited about it. I got to play Newton, which you guys talked about yeah. last week, and it was... Fine. <laughs> I think I probably sit more on Garth's opinion than yeah. your opinion. That yeah. like, there's pro- literally nothing wrong with it, but it was just, yeah, it was all right, wasn't it? <laughs> um, it was brown. It certainly was brown, and there, there was no doubt about that. Well, um, what what was the, your favourite new game you played that weekend? Ooh, I played Concordia, yes, which I'm playing again tonight ooh. with our with our um, Thursday night gaming crew, and I really enjoyed that just to mainly get my reputation away from that mini-loving <laughs> young person. I do, I do like a Euro, and Concordia was really good. I also played a game that's still very much in development by um, uh, Alan Cheshire, who did Ooh. the... Kingmaker, Kingdom of Air. Yes, Kingmaker. I spent half the weekend, if not more, with him just oh, wow. just chatting away and having yep. beers and whatnot. I played his uh, new prototype, which he talks about in the interview that I did with him. Okay. And I... I think I specifically said the word, I think he was onto the winner there, and I think it's an awesome idea. I'm really looking forward to when that actually gets out into the population. Okay, fantastic. Well, that sounds like a great segue Mm -hmm. to uh, listen to what the first batch of people have to say. All right, cool. So I am here with uh, Nathan of War of Supremacy fame, a game that we with the Dice Men were a big, big fan of. Oh, thank you. Yes, and so you've got that game here and you've also got another game that you've been showing off to people. Yes, I do. How has just the success of War of Supremacy gone for you so far? Uh, Good. So it was only a month or two ago that was actually fulfilled. Yes. So it's gone around the world to all the backers. Yep. And it's also just gone to a consolidator to sell to distribution. Ooh! So exciting times. I think there's a few online retailers in Australia yep. and America and yep. around. So hopefully get a few uh, few hits, few sales from there as well. Yeah, lovely. Have you had much feedback from people outside of Oz and around the world and whatnot? Um, so there was a few, obviously, previewers. Yep. Uh, Part of the Kickstarter. Um, Gaming with Edo, I think, really enjoyed it and mm-hmm. a few others. Mm-hmm. Um, I have sent it off to a few other reviewers, but no... Yep. Uh, no dice as of yet. Uh, well, you've got, the dice the, you, you've got the dice man. That, that's yeah, good enough. Of course. In Australia, anyway. In Australia. Well, the Southern Hemisphere, I should say. Yes. Uh, anyway, and so you've got a new game you've been showing off here today. Yes. I actually have two, but you just played one, uh, yes. which is Hieroglyphs. Uh-huh. Um, so I can kind of uh, explain it as a more complex point salad reef. Yeah, it's kind, of like, it's kind of like Reef Advance, except it looks really cool, and the theme of it's really cool with the hieroglyphs and the Egyptian and that kind of stuff. Yes. So, and how have you known people have gone with that, whether you've been demoing that? Uh, been really good. I uh, got a lot of good feedback. Yep. Um, so, people, it's a bit of a head scratcher to begin with, with lots of mm-hmm. iconology, uh, but had good feedback, and after a few turns, people have picked it up and enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Uh, what was the other game you said you had to kick yep. around? Yep. So, the other one is called Apex. Yep. And it's a worker placement engine builder. Okay. So, core theme is uh, you have different types of workers yep. and on a specific location whatever worker you go does a different thing so yeah. um, gorillas will collect the resources as you do orangutans perform the ability yep. and the baboon if you go there you can pay their costs get points and you actually get that worker position into your lab yep. so you're working on both simultaneously or is there one you're more looking to kind of get out into the world a bit sooner than the other um, so I'm actually looking probably for publishers for both yep there's a lot of money <laughs> yeah. spent with doing your own Kickstarter, so yes. both are getting near that just tweaking at the end part, uh-huh. so no. I'll probably start looking at pitching to publishers yep. very soon or now. No, that's so. good. Well, hopefully we, we look forward to that happening and getting more copies, and we're more happy that when you get those sorted out, we will happily talk about them again. Yes. Because we like War of Supremacy, and thank I reckon you. Hieroglyphs, you're probably on for a winner there as well. Yes, I'll definitely send them down. Yes, good. So, thank See, you. See, you hear the people? We do accept shipping here in Tasmania. It you do. do. <laughs> it does happen. All right. Thanks very much, dude. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 
Good evening, everybody, and I say that because it is nearly 7 o'clock on the last day of LFG, and I am here with friend of the Dice Man, Shannon, who everyone should know from Lucidity, Six-Sided Nightmares, and the game Runica, which has been on Kickstarter recently that is hopefully going to be in people's homes very soon. How are you, Shannon? I'm good. Um, I'm pleased that after a couple of years, I finally achieved friend of the Dice Man status. Yes, uh, yes. It is a, is a badge of honour. We will be sending you the certificate in the mail. Ooh, okay. Uh, right. I'll leave that to Garth. He's more the organisation type thing. <laughs> uh, right, so we'll start off with um, with Lucidity now that it's been out in the wild for a while. How has that um, gone now that it's been out to backers all around the world? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I actually thought with that one that it was done and dusted and uh, we'd sold right through all the copies. Yep. Um, but uh, I think there might be a quick reprint coming up. Lovely. Uh, which would be nice just to cap it off. Um, yep. It's probably something like 15,000 copies total, which is... About 15 times what I expected I say, it would. That's more games out in the world than I've designed, so that <laughs> should be very... And as I've mentioned before, every time I mention, I've got to mention how much I love the art, mainly because it pretty much looks like heavy metal tattoo art, which is me in a nutshell. Very <laughs> good reason for it. See, I need to give you the name of that tattooist, yes. so the next time you go to the States, yes. you can actually get one done by him. Oh, that would be... I would be more than happy to do that. All right, so we need to then talk about uh, Runica, so your new game, which was on Kickstarter, Eddie funded and is hopefully going to be in people's houses soonish? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I gave a date of something like March of next year, but yep. that was a very, very pessimistic view of it, so yep. I wouldn't disappoint people. Yeah. Um, I'm hopefully going to print in the next two weeks with that. Uh, as of this media, or this interview, it's what, like July, early July? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Um, which hopefully means it'll be in stores in time for Christmas. Fingers wow. crossed. Yeah, we, we will absolutely not hold you to this. We understand what Kickstarter means and what can, <laughs> and the things that can happen that are completely out of your hands. But I mean, if you could be one of those fabled people that gets into people's hands before the date, you're one of the select few. <laughs> <laughs> I tried with Lucidity, and we had so many things that came up along the way. I do remember so. you telling me about that. So LFG, have you you've been to LFG before? I'm guessing. Yep, yep. I love coming to LFG because it's just it's a kind of uh, convention people come along to just play games yep. and enjoy playing games. You know, not a big budget to buy things, but just people who love playing board games. Yeah, cool. So how have you actually found uh, this weekend? Has it gone very well? Yeah, it's been fun. But, uh, everyone I've demoed to has loved the games, yep. and it's been cool sort of seeing a broad range of people playing it, not yep. just serious gamers, but people with their families coming along and enjoying the game. Yep. And now one of the things we liked about Runica the most, other than the fact that the game is quite good, is that the, um, the, the comic book that helps you learn the game, how has that gone about with um, showing people that? Yeah, um, well, I haven't... Uh, I haven't really demoed with the comic book uh, yep. this weekend, but I used one of the demo games that you play in that book. Okay. So the the game has this comic book that leads you kind of like a computer tutorial mm -hmm. um, through a couple of basic games and then introduces rules one by one uh, to make it as easy as possible for people to just pick up this book and play it. And you guys were, you were mentioning earlier that you guys, when you learned the game, just started from the comic book and didn't even touch the rule book. Pretty man, we may have checked a reference in there from time to time, but I'm pretty sure we just went through that comic book and went, oh, I get it. And then after a turn or two of the game and the comic book, that's all that we needed. That's great. Like, yeah. that's exactly what I wanted from it. And I'm also getting the art in from um, the, uh, the artist for that. She was working on the Acquisitions Incorporated D&D ah. uh, &D supplement, which yes. is now out. Yes. So she can work full-time on this one. Oh, and the Crystal Heart RPG, which is also now out. So wow. I actually have uh, Aviv all to sort of Runica <laughs> to, uh, to work on that now, which is great. That is amazing. Now, I know that you might have a few little secrets, which I'm not going to ask you about, but is there anything you're working on for the future that um, you can let us know about? Kind of. I mean, every game designer is working on oh, yeah, a there's, there's things 20 different things in the head, yeah, I know. Uh, so, I think, actually, I'm going to take the next year yep. a bit more casually. Yep. Um, from finishing Lucidity and yep. going on to Runica, I really, really wanted to just keep the momentum up yep. and get the next game out. And yep. I was talking about six-sided spellbooks so early, mm -hmm. and that became Runica yep. um, very, very early, and people were excited to get it. Yep. But 
I really just need a break, I think, to, to let the creative juices build up again. It's a very sensible thing to do. Well, no, that's awesome. It's good to see that everything's gone really well for you. And um, all the listeners will look forward to getting their copies of Runica in about, about August, September, I think you said? Was uh, right? uh, <laughs> yeah, next week, sure. No, you'll get it when you get it, and you'll very much appreciate it, much like we did. Um, thank you very much for your time, Shannon. Thanks, Leon. Cheers, dude. Back again, I am here with friend of the Dice Man, Alan, who is the designer of Kingmaker and hopefully soon various other things. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. How has your weekend gone for you? Ah, oh, it's been pretty good. I've, uh, I've, uh, haven't been working, so to, so to speak. I've been just kind of enjoying it and playing games of, you know, the last couple of years have been work, 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 and every now and then you've got to just stop and yeah. enjoy the fun. Because in previous years you were a part of the, the proto-spiel where you'd show your, the new games you designed and whatnot, whereas this year you went along just to kind of give your opinion and give a bit of a hand to everyone else? Um, yeah, kind of just in the more general game area rather than the actual proto-spiel. Yep. Um, but that's a, a great uh, course run by Richard and yep. I think Steve's part of that as well. Yeah, no, those guys do a very good job. Now, Kingmaker, a game that we played, I think, with you at PAX like three years ago by this point. It's yeah, weird to think that it's that. been that long. <laughs> it's now finally out in the world. How has that gone with the feedback you received from, from people all over? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, we, I think we got about 400-odd backers on Kickstarter. Yep. Shipped and delivered. It was a little bit late, which is just kind of part of the part of the course. world. Yep. Um, but we got selected for um, the PAX South in San Antonio. Nice. As part of their indie tabletop showcase, which was pretty cool. Yep. We went over and um, you know had a good presence there. Had a really great experience. Yep. Um, the PAX South uh, convention is about the same size as the Melbourne one. Yep. But. According to them, it's the smallest of their American conventions. Okay. Um, which they called uh, tiny. Right. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter if it's tiny or large, getting getting nominated for anything, I think, is still pretty good. Yeah, yeah. the hundreds of thousands of games out there. Yeah, well, which, being able to fly to America and yeah. teach our games to Americans uh, in a complete different yeah. area that we wouldn't normally be exposed to and being able to meet, meet all the American designers yeah. and... Uh, and some New Zealand designers as well. Yep. Uh, the Crimeopolis guys was uh, it's a great experience. Now, the actual game Kingmaker is set in uh, something that you've come up with, which is the the Kingdom of Air universe, I guess you would call it. Yep. And the idea is to release several other games uh, based in that universe, give or take. <laughs> yeah. So I came up. the The base game has five houses. Yep. And then I, you know, made an expansion for two more houses. Yep. Uh, which is. It's all done, I just need to do the art for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, And then at some point in time I thought, oh, you know what would be a good idea? I'll make a, a brand new game for each of the houses <laughs> with different mechanics and size and play counts. And yeah, and then, so I've, I've basically made seven games. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you wanted to or not, you yeah. set yourself that goal and kind of went, I have no choice. Yeah, and they're all completely different. And um, so I've done two of them. One of them's yep. uh, Kingmaker and my second game, mm -hmm. Crown of Flow, which is already done and available yep um and yeah. which is a solo puzzle game but puzzle I, game. I say that it's a solo game and it's i don't mind a puzzle but a solo game is not my thing but i have actually played it and it's, and it's really good yeah yeah i was uh one of those wild crazy ideas on a train one day and then two <laughs> months later i've got 200 copies in my lounge room <laughs> lovely lovely now, now can you tell us a bit about the game that we actually played of yours only a few hours ago ah uh, yeah so that game there is it's called forge of the den it's based on the orange house mm -hmm. in Kingmaker. And in that game, you're, you're forging tiles in a 5x5 five five grid. And the way that works is you have your 5x5 five five grid, you push a tile in from the side, and whatever pops out the other side, yep. you collect those resources. And you can use those resources to buy things like forging tools, which are a, a 2x1 tile or a 3x1 tile. Yep. And you can use those on the forge to gain more resources. Yep. And in that 5x5 five five grid, you can combine them together with other forging tools and end up pushing out like 12 tiles at, yep. you know, towards the end of the game and use those to buy items and um, gain victory points through special player abilities. And yeah, it's a pretty, pretty close game. Yeah. I lost. But yes, yes. <laughs> I can't, what did I come? Did I come second, I think? Second. Something to that effect. We were very close. Yes, um, no. But either way, um, 
the game is uh, not quite finished yet, even though it looks really good, for yep. sure. But it is uh, a very, very interesting design. I think it's something that once it actually gets into hands of people, uh, though, it'll be very interesting to see the feedback you get from it, because I think you're on to a winner. I was a big fan of the first game. This game is completely, utterly different and a whole different genre, but I think um, it's going to be very interesting once you get this out there in the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm very keen on it. I actually thought it was interesting, because I'd probably made three or four games before this where yep, that are in the pipeline, and this was the first game I made that actually has a board. Right, you're <laughs> finally an actual board yeah, game designer. Thought, hey, you just this said. is actually a board game. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the idea going forth with this game? I'm still playtesting, obviously. Um, adding yep. uh, seven houses meant that there's seven player char uh, character abilities, and yep. they all need to be tweaked and fine-tuned and balanced. And yep. I suppose it comes down to uh, funding and yep. um, whatever interest, and still... Like, I started in February, and yep. it's July, so that's only a few months. And it's already oh, come along quite a bit yeah, since then, so obviously. It's in development. No, no, yeah. that's awesome to hear, and um, we look forward to, to anything that you put your hands on in the future, and um, we're hoping for great, great things. No, no worries. All right, good. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, sir, and we'll hopefully we'll see you here again next year. No worries. Thank you. Cheers, dude. Okay, listeners, I am here with Kistrix. Have I said that right? You said it right, yeah. Excellent, cool. Now, normally I give a little bit of an explanation of what the person I'm talking to about does, but I think it'd be better if you do it because it's very interesting. All right, so I'm Kistrix, and I absolutely love RPGs and fantasy worlds. And I have a background in herbal medicine, so I kind of wanted to bring some fantasy to my everyday and everybody else's everyday. Mm -hmm. So I started recreating potions from video games. Uh, so using real-life herbal medicine. Right. So bringing those consumables into the everyday and making them effective, so trying to also replicate their effects in some way that was, of course, safe and reasonable yeah. as well. So yeah. basically, you're the really cool tea lady. Yes, I am the cool tea lady. <laughs> yeah, cool. So you just had these two loves and thought, I'm just going to bring them together yeah. and see what happens. I was just lying on the couch one day, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm just going to bring it together. and. Excellent, excellent. Well, this is the third, the third day of the convention. How have you found it so far? I've actually had a really good time. Yep. Uh, so the first day was pretty much just setting up for us with the stalls. Yep. Uh, but also chatting with a lot of people yep. with varied interests has been really exciting. Yep. I'm getting to talk about the teas yes. and what I do to people has been really exciting as well. Yep. And just, yeah. Have you had many people give you any board game based ideas for various kind of teas you could do? Oh, yeah. I have had some like, chats about like different board games and stuff yep. and ideas there. I also bumped into somebody and they wanted to kind of bring what I'm doing into an RPG campaign. Oh, okay. As well. So that's really exciting. That seems like a really cool idea to actually serve the teas to people at various points in the campaign well, you know, for various reasons. Yeah, like bring it into the campaign and add the herbs in to give their food and their consumables in their campaign extra stats. Well, that sounds brilliant. I have heard people before that have used uh, scented candles to do a very similar oh, type of thing. There are people great. that actually make RPG candles. Wow, for that exact, okay. although I'm some, that. although some of them I believe believe are like for dungeons and rat swamps and stuff. So they you, might not be that smell like smell. Like I, I don't know, speaking. but I, I, I haven't tried them. I would love to. If they were here, I'd be happy with the. Oh, why are they here? I want to see them. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, either way, well, thank you very much for talking to you. Okay. How can people find you? Um. So I've got wildwood.com.au, and I'm also on Twitch, Twitch.tv/kistrix. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, we're going to wrap this up because you're going to go sell me some tea. Yes, I am. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you. So that was the first part of Leon's interview. We're going to take a quick musical break and we'll be back with more Leon. Hooray. This is Richard from Melbourne and I want to thank the Dicemen Cometh for many years of great board gaming information and especially for helping make Bordercon a fantastic time of the year. Lovely. That was uh, The Ballad of the Beaconsfield Miners by the Foo Fighters on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh talking about all the fun that I had at LFG and playing a few interviews with all my new friends that I met. Now, Leon. Yes. What I want to ask you as well is, uh -huh. so you told us about Concordia and Newton. Mm-hmm. Did you play any games that you didn't like? Because obviously you, you were working through a list. Well, I said Newton wasn't, it was all right. Yeah, but it was okay. Um, I, I did something which I've wanted to do for a while, mainly just as an experiment. Mm -hmm. I played uh, Arkham Horror 3rd Edition, so oh, yes, the yes. new version of Arkham Horror, yep. and I wanted to play it out of sheer curiosity because Eldritch Horror is an awesome game. Yeah, yeah. Mansions you've got of like all the expansions. I certainly do. That. Love it. Uh, Mansions of Madness, especially 2nd Edition, yes. is an awesome game. Yes. The Arkham Horror uh, Living Card Game yes. is an awesome game. Yes. Those three games are out there. 
plenty of expansions for all of them, yep. quite a bit of money to get them all together, but they all give you a different experience. They're all really good. Yeah. And I thought they all, of course, stemmed from Arkham Horror, basically. Mm. If it wasn't for that game, those wouldn't exist, sure. And had you ever played Arkham Horror I had. Second Edition? I had a long time ago, and yep. only, only the once, and yep. I think by that point I had, had already played Eldritch already, ah, so okay. I was just kind of like, hmm. Yes. So, out of pure experiment, I was like, okay, I want to play this because I don't know why they made this game. Mm-hmm. No one was bag- going out for, we need a third edition of Arkham Horror. And I played it, and I was 127% correct. <laughs> it was fine, yes. but it literally did nothing that those other three games don't do and do better. I was going to say, the only thing that, that I remember that is, that is different, apart from the fact that it's set in, a, in basically a town as opposed yeah. to the world, yep. is that experience of where you go through the gate yeah. and you have adventures in those other realms, which you don't really do that in Eldritch Horror? No. I mean, there was a situation kind of like that in the game, but that was by the end of it when we pretty much knew that we were done for and yes. we'd all kind of half gone insane and half died. So, mm-hmm. But that wasn't enough to save it or make it even kind of more interesting. It was just like... It was definitely a streamlined version of second edition, yes. but again, I'd never even recommended over those three okay. games at all. So well, that was not disappointing because it was yeah. exactly what I expected it to be. Well, it's good you gave it a crack. Who was who was the uh, the elder god that you were up against? Uh, we just played against the um, the generic one, which when he comes out, he pretty much just destroys you straight away. So not the one that kind oh, of... Oh, Azathoth. Yeah, I believe. The, kind oh, okay. of the, the starting one. But we, we, we nearly got him, but by the time we figured out the last thing we had to do to kill him, we were just like, nah, we got no shot. Okay. Well, look, how about we um, we'll get some more interviews, then we might have a bit more of a chat about LFG after this. Afternoon, everybody. It is Leon, your friendly neighbourhood dice man. It is Sunday, which is a day that I often like to play lots of games and not just sleep in bed and be hungover. And I am here with uh, Jonah, who is the uh, designer of a game called Tremor, which I had the joy of playing on Friday. And Jonah, the name of your company is what now? Uh, We're Curly Bros Games. Curly Bros Games. So it is you and... sorry, It's me and Julian. Uh, We called that because we both have... uh, Incredibly curly hair, so well, and we both love games, so that's excellent. an important part of it. Well, it's good to see. Unique is always very much appreciated in the hobby. Uh, so the game, Tremor, tell us, uh, give us the quick little 30-second elevator pitch about it. Okay, so Tremor is set in a post-apocalyptic world destroyed by climate change. And <laughs> so, so it's definitely fictional. That's, that would never happen. Ever. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> hopefully. We, we never want Tremor to actually be a real game. If, yes. if we've done that, we haven't done our jobs. Yeah, cool. Um, so what you do is you play as the ancestral spirits of uh, various different animals. So there's uh, roughly 12 animals to choose from, all with their own abilities. Mm -hmm. And what you're trying to do is guide those animals to their last remaining natural habitat. Now, to do that, you need to navigate a board of disasters. And as you've played, those disasters are constantly happening. Yes. And the board is being rebuilt and redesigned every single turn. It's shuffling, it's moving, Mm -hmm. and the tiles are constantly shifting. So you can use these disasters to kind of guide your animal in a way that's profitable, e.g. surf a tsunami or catch yourself up in a cyclone and spin yourself somewhere forwards. I I did that quite often, catching myself in a tsunami, (laughs) to the point where I was about to win and then everyone went, well, we can't let the Emperor Penguin win, we're going to screw him over. Yeah, yeah. And then I ended up failing miserably. Um, So how long have you guys been developing the game for? So we started the game um, almost exactly 18 months ago. Okay, cool. And since then we've been playtesting at pretty much non-stop at every convention that would have us and uh, now we're finally at the point where we're just demonstrating it and um, getting the name out. The the idea behind Tremor is, as you said, it is a climate change game. So while it's a strategy game and it's not a novelty game, it does have that element of climate change awareness. Yes. And so what we'd actually like to do is donate 10 to 15% of our profits to uh, tree regrowth. Um, And so we've partnered with an NGO called Tree Sisters. Okay. So when we do go to Kickstarter in October, October 4th, we'll be donating um, pretty much five trees per copy that we put on. That's amazing. That's a really cool thing. I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So well done on that. Thank Um, you. So how have you actually found... So this is Sunday, so you guys have been here since Friday. Yeah, that's right. How have you found with um, the testing zone over the last two days? It's gone really well. I think... um, we're pretty lucky in where we happen to get placed. So, um, yeah, for, obviously, first thing you <laughs> see when you walk in. Exactly. So the, uh, the podcasters won't know it, but we're in this big, giant hall, and yes. we're right at the front of it. So we get um, a big poster scene by everybody who walks in. So we've had a, 
probably as good as we could have asked for in terms of foot traffic and yeah. everything like that. Well, the actual copy of the game you guys have with you, it looks like any other game that's on the shelves around here. That's and right. It's a game that you haven't actually got into fully developing completely before it goes to Kickstarter, so that's pretty impressive. Well, we did feel that, like, you know, if you want, if you, if this is going to be the first time you play Tremor, yep. you want your experience to be as good as possible. Yeah. We're only going to get one chance with most of the people here. Yes. Where, you know, people are, some people are from Wollongong and different places, yep. and, um... You know, we want their first experience to be as good as possible, and, and the closer you have to something that feels like a complete copy, yep. the, the better it's going to go. No, that's the exact attitude to have, which is good. And all the feedback you've got, you've taken on board to see where that's you go. That's right, yeah. So, I mean, we, we like to think that the mechanics are mostly done, but there yep. have been some really helpful little tidbits in terms of just making, you know, ease of play a little bit more obvious, like yep. in terms of symbols being, yep. you know, placed a little bit better, and just those little things that help take your game from a game that works but is a little confusing to yep. a game that works and is seamless and has a great tempo. And it's the little things that can end up mattering at the end of the day. Absolutely. All right, cool. All right, so in October you said you're looking to go to Kickstarter? October 4th is our plan. Uh, okay. um, and if it's not October 4th, it's definitely going to be October. So okay, well, we'll have everyone look out for that. Um, but how can they uh, get in touch with you if they're curious about the game beforehand? Okay, so we're very active on Instagram and Facebook. Lovely. So you find us at, uh, at Curly Bros Games. Yep. Um, spelt the way you think it should be spelt, cool. at Curly Bros Games. Facebook yep. and Instagram. Yep. You can also uh, check us out on Board Game Geek. Yep. We have our um, Tremor profile up. You can find a little bit more about there. And then if you log on to our website, curlybrosgames.com, you can join our mailing list and we'll keep you updated through that as well. Excellent. Oh, well, glad to hear you and I hope you do a roaring trade on Kickstarter. I'm sure you will. Thank you so much, Leon. No worries. Cheers, brother. All right, back again. I am here with James, the man behind the game Drift Kings, which the... Uh, Dice Men played at BorderCon, was it two years ago? Uh, two years ago, yeah. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, first off, you've, it's Sunday now, you've been here for the whole weekend. How's yep. it gone? Uh, fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, we ran a whole bunch of demos yesterday with uh, all kinds of different people, and so far the only complaint I've got is that nobody can buy it yet. So That is not a bad complaint right. to have yeah. at all. As complaints go, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that is pretty cool. So you said you've had a few people actually get their hands on it? Yeah, 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 for sure. And everyone's been enjoying it as much as we did back in the day? Yeah, and uh, not just playing it, but spectating. So, yeah, yes. I mean, um, that's one of my favorite things is actually watching people play the game. It's actually yep. a bit of a spectator sport. So. Yes, well, we should let everyone know that basically the elevator pitch is that it is a racing game, yep. but it's a good one. <laughs> and it's called Drift Kings, <laughs> and it is about drifting around different corners and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, so, so when we played at the BorderCon, we really enjoyed it with the little cars and the moving around and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, how has it changed much in the last couple of years since we've seen you? Uh, so Kim at Good Games yep. has been uh, working on the game, doing all kinds of playtesting himself. I think he's played it more times than I have now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've changed a few things. Um, there's a new rule about being able to drive on the grass. There's a bit of a penalty for it, but mm -hmm. it, it, sometimes it's the best thing to do to get around people. Yep. The big change to the game is the end of the race so the end of the race the rules have changed a bit to pull back the end of the race right to the finish line so it's a bit more intense and yeah it makes for some really exciting finishes to the race yeah so. that's cool so as you said um, with Kim with Good Games the idea is to have this uh, published by Good Games I believe that's right yeah they've picked it up the uh, the plan I believe is fingers crossed end of this year to Kickstarter yep. um, failing that early 2020 yeah but either, either way it's in good hands of people we know that Absolutely. do good work so yeah. you've got to be you got to be happy though to finally get it out there after yeah, all this time. Yeah, and the stuff they're talking about doing the game with the miniatures and things like that, it's really exciting. Yeah, so. cool. Well, well, we will definitely probably have a proper good talk about it, I think, by the time it actually gets to us, whenever that's going to be. Awesome, thank uh, you. But I look forward to it. Thank so, you. Thank you very much again. Always a pleasure to see you, James. Right. I'm actually shaking his hand in the real physical world, by the way, now, people, <laughs> because we are that nice. And, um, yeah, look forward to it, dude. All right. Cheers, Leon. Thank you. Bye, mate. Hello everybody again, I am here with Shen Phillips, the man behind the North Sea Saga and now behind the West Kingdom, are we still calling it a saga? Sure. What are we calling that? <laughs> trilogy. Trilogy, we'll go yeah. with Trilogy this time. Um, how's the weekend been going, dude? It's good. Yeah. I really love this event, I've been here twice now. Mm -hmm. um, it's, yeah, awesome. Yeah, cool, no, that's excellent. And you've had plenty of people coming up and actually playing the game, so you've still got, you've got Architects here and you've got Paladins, the one that's actually hopefully coming to people very soon. Yes, yeah, so Paladins has been pretty popular. Yeah. I think non-stop people playing it, which oh, is great. It's, it's not a bad problem to have, no, at all. not really. That was obviously very successful on Kickstarter. Was it early, was it last year? It was, uh, it was this March. This yeah. March? Yep. Was it that, only that long ago? Yeah. Oh, there you go. And that's looking to get into people's hands. When was it? Uh, it should be inside the next couple of months. Inside the next couple of months? Yeah. Wow. So well, don't quote me on that. because I'm not going to quote you on that. <laughs> now, we all expect that Kickstarter has a bit of shenanigans, yeah. but you guys have always been pretty good when it comes to that kind of Our stuff. Our target was November, so... Yeah, nice. Yeah. 
Well, well if it's anywhere near there, well, I'm sure we'll be happy as Larry. Yep. And you're obviously working on the third game in the trilogy? Yeah, so we've already brainstorming a lot of that. We've got things clicking now. Yeah. No, excellent. Uh, yeah. And the RPG itself, which you also designed the RPG from the uh, North Seas saga. Yep. You've got that into people's hands as well now. Yeah, so I didn't design that one. That was a couple, yep. Tim and Chris and Divine from America. Okay. They kind of pitched this idea of a Viking yep. RPG, and I was like, hey, I'm a noob. Yeah. Let's do an RPG. Yeah. So I helped them develop it, and yeah, it's almost, I think, most of them have been sent out now. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of the North Sea saga, you've got to be happy about the, the sexes Raiders of the North Sea, which is the game in kind of the middle of the trilogy, but has quite been the biggest success you've had. A, you've got to be happy with the way that that's gone. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You, were you expecting that one to be the standout? Did you think when you had them all kind of lined up, or did you just kind of like, okay, if people want to love that, sure? No, I was still very new to it. So did Shipwrights. Yep. And I, was, I was blown away by the response on Kickstarter because I had no idea what to expect. Yep. And then people were like, oh, can you give us more? You know, we want to raid with these ships. Yeah. So I designed Raiders and then seeing that the growth of that. I mean, that Kickstarter wasn't like a huge success. Yep. Like it was, But it was the, like two years later, or a year later, nomination. Yeah, yeah. And that really got momentum going. So. Yeah, no, that's good to see. But I haven't actually asked you this before and I'm curious, is the idea when the third game comes out in this trilogy to do the... The connecting between the three games again? Yes. Where you can do the... Oh, that's a cool idea. So we're also working on not just Rune Saga type system, but yep. a system that you can play every game individually co-op oh, okay. or as an entire Saga co-op. Wow. Well. I'm sure people so will be pushing it a bit. <laughs> over the moon about that. And yep. then once that's done, obviously you've got the idea for 10 other trilogies just kicking around the brain. Yeah. So, so you'll be around in the, the hobby for years and years to come. Yeah, to my 60s or 70s maybe. That's good. Well, that's we will keep buying them if you keep making them yep. as quality as they are. All right, well, thank you very much, brother, and all the best. Cool, thank you. Cheers, dude. Right, I'm here again. I'm with Charles, the man behind this entire convention. Charles, how has your weekend gone? It's awesome. Yeah? Bit tired now. Um, <laughs> bit tired now, because so. I think we caught up at BorderCon not sort of four or five weeks ago now. Yeah, it wasn't um, at all. But, yeah, no, really good. Really um, great buzz, and... Uh, a lot of really positive feedback about how much of a good time people have had for the weekend. Uh, how many years have you actually been running this convention now? Uh, technically, a while. ten. Technically, ten. We did one year as the Australian Games Expo. Yep. Uh, we did three years of Toy and Game Expo. We took a year off to try and recalibrate, and we've now done four years of this. So I think that comes close to ten, if not ten. Lovely. How many years have you been doing it at this venue? Uh, this is our fourth year here. Fourth year at this venue, and it's an amazing place. It's an anomaly of a place. Basically, a casino in the middle of a suburb. But um, yeah, you have to come here to see it. You, I, I keep trying to explain to people, but as soon as I get to cassowary, they go a cassowary. Yeah. And it's like so. I'll just leave you with the cassowary. I must say, I wasn't expecting the the cassowary at all. But um, from what I've seen over the weekend, everyone has had an absolute blast. Everything is somewhat run without a kitch so far. Yeah. So um, as I said, I mean, the major fire I've had to put out today is someone accidentally kicked a bottle over under a table and broke it. So well, when you've got several hundred people here, by the looks of it, I think that's a, not a bad problem yeah. to have. Oh, look, it's pretty easy. I've got a good crew, and I've got a crew that's been doing it for a while. We've got 20-odd volunteers, most of which come from Canberra. Yep. And we're in the same spot and location. They know what they're doing. And uh, to the extent where Friday I had to wait for three hours to do some okay. bumping stuff, and they were just up here working. Yeah, so it's good. No, excellent. No, well, that's good to hear, and I hopefully we'll make it back next year. I'm assuming next year the plan is to, to run it here again. Yeah, it's yeah. it's uh, really hard to find different venues that would quite meet what this venue provides. I don't think you could find another one in... you probably find one in Vegas, probably not in Australia, though. Not in Australia. Um, and the staff here are awesome. Yeah. Uh, special shout-out to my wife, Lara, yep. and to Nissa and Chris, who do a lot of the back-end work. Yep. And a uh, big shout-out to my son, Josh, and my daughter, Bella, and their crew of probably about 15 friends who come from Canberra to make this possible and work all weekend. So That, uh, that is amazing, and they've done an absolute belting job the whole weekend. Yeah. And the last, probably the last shout-out is to the Sydney Siders, um, Chris Whale, Craig, uh, Summerton, and John Ron Ronstein, who are our sort of permanent games library guys from Sydney. They've yep. been here many years and uh, keep... Keep it chugging along really well. No, well, from what I can see, you're onto an absolute winner here, and hopefully we just keep going for a long, long time. Yeah, mate. Look forward to catching up with you next year. Indeed. Thank you very much, Charles. Okay, see you. Mate. Well, that was Leon there. Finished chatting with uh, Charles, of course, the uh, the brains behind LFG. Leon, let's come back in a minute after a quick track, and mm -hmm. we'll um, just talk a little bit more and wrap up LFG. Lovely.
Hello everyone, your friendly neighbourhood Leon here. Just a quick break in the action to remind you all on how the fun ways you can support the show. You can jump on over to Patreon where you can donate, which has helped us over the last five years, get to great conventions all around Australia and hopefully internationally. You can give as much or as little as you like. Personally, I would ask, maybe just give us a dollar. I give to about 12 different podcasts a dollar a month. I don't even notice that it's gone, but trust me, they know that it's in there, and if everyone listening to my voice right now gave us that dollar, we would be much, much appreciative. Also, you could jump onto Redbubble and type in Dice Men Cometh and get any kind of merch there that you're after. You can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get mugs, you can get stickers, any type of size, colours, anything you want. We've been doing them for years, and they are absolute quality. Also, you could go over to iTunes and chuck us a cheeky five-star review. It doesn't seem like much, but it is the reason how we get our podcast out there to international listeners especially, because those charts put us ahead of things like Google searches and things like that, and it is also very, very helpful. And just follow us all on the social medias. You've got your Facebooks, you've got your Instagrams, you've got your Twitters, you've got all that kind of stuff. Every single bit of it, we put different content on it, so it's not just the same stuff recycled over and over again. And if you want to get in touch with us for any reason whatsoever, you can get in touch with us on those socials or at dicemencometh at gmail.com. We've had many, many sponsors over the years, so if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities for the show or anything to that nature, that's where you can get a hold of us. Now, Back to the action. Well, there you go. That was Wet Lips with Here If You Need on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. With the Dice Men cometh Leon. Mm. I'm here if you need to tell us a bit more about LFG because I think we've talked about a few of the games you played. Yes. We've obviously heard about the designers and their games. Yeah. There was another almost like whole event at LFG, wasn't there? There is. There was actually several there. And because this venue was so huge, um, LFG Charles actually took me to where it was, which was ages away from the main convention <laughs> you hall. had to have an adult to go with you. Yeah, I literally said I need a grown up. Where am I going? Um, and he took me there. Uh, he took me through, you know, the casino. He took me through the bar. He showed me the big cinema that they have there, which yeah. is like, what is going on here? Yeah. Because there's an entire room there set aside for, for just RPG yes. stuff, which I would have loved to have checked out being into that kind of thing now. But again, I just had just no time. Like, if this convention was a week, I'd be I'd be there for the whole week quite yeah. happily. Just didn't have the time. And then next to that was another room, and that was reserved for the Proto-Spiel. Now, what the Proto-Spiel is, basically, is first-time designers, people that haven't got their, or even kind of just newer designers in general, yeah. to get their new prototypes looked at by people and, and played and play-tested kind of in a more raw fashion. So these aren't games that generally have been made specifically. Like the Tremor guys and there was um, the Tassie guys, the Rain Absolute guys, yes. they've gone to the point of where they've actually got their game kind of produced and they've got banners and it kind of looks, it almost looks, they look like finished products. Yes. They just haven't got publishers and stuff for them yet. Whereas the Proto Spiels are, I had a really good idea, I've chucked some stuff some down on some cards, some yes. paper, some dice, I've mocked up some stuff, let's have a chat about it, see where we can go. So that's where it is, games kind of in their infancy and designers kind of in that kind of stuff. And I met some some really cool people there, um, some guys that have been listening to the show for many years, oh, awesome. which is really cool. Uh, there was So two days of that, the first day, they had uh, Phil, Phil Walker-Harding. Mm. So obviously, you know, one of the, one of the big dogs himself yeah. in game designing in the world, just there to give everyone feedback and whatnot. The next day, uh, I was there for, oh, for most of the day. You were the celebrity. No, 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 he's up. <laughs> Kind of. Don't put me in the same as Phil because I'm definitely not. However, I was there to give them feedback from more of a... We're not necessarily reviewers, but for more of a media and a yeah. critic type idea. From a guy who knows a little bit of stuff about it. A little games. bit. And then uh, Kim Brayback from uh, Good Games Publishing yes. was there from like a publisher point of view to give ah. his feedback onto that. So I played one of the games with a, with a group of people there. and It was like a kind of party game, very similar to... Uh, uh, fun employed type yes. of thing, but it's kind of that, but a bit different with um, cards that have pictures on it. You could almost say it's kind of fun employed, the pictures edition, oh. like your code names to code name pictures, yes. similar to that. So we played that and we gave our feedbacks on, on what we think we could change and how we went and how we were feeling as we were playing it. Yeah. And a few other people showed me their prototypes and whatnot. Um, again, some of the people were big fans of the show. Yeah. So again, I can't shout out everybody's name, but you know who you are, and it was awesome meeting you. Some of you I took photos with as well, which made me feel a bit cool. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so just sitting 
in there with those guys and giving those a play. It was, um, it was a real fun experience. And now I also understand you hung out with a couple of my old mates that I'd met the year before. Yep. Scott. Yep. Who is totally awesome. So hello to Scott and thanks for looking after Leon. Yeah, it was. As, although I've just said four or five times, I can't have the chance to mention everybody because I know all these people out. But yeah. Scott and Richard are two people that I knew did to have a special. I do need to give them a shout yeah. out because I spent most of the weekend with those guys. They've been listening to the show for, for years and they did make me feel very comfortable, even though... I'm a man who feels comfortable no matter where I go. But uh, it was very nice to have, even though I had other friends of the show like Renee there and like yeah. Alan Cheshire that I spent a lot of time with. Yeah. Um, but having those guys there, it felt it felt just like going to Bordercon, even though it was a much bigger place. I was in a, completely out of my element, you know, like I said, staying by myself in a yeah. hotel by myself, 600-odd people, but... Um, it was an absolute blast, and I cannot wait to go again next year. Well, I hope that some of the people, I remember seeing them in the in the Facebook group for LFG, sort of saying, oh, I've never been before, should I go? And, and everyone was saying, yeah, yeah, go, it's going to be fantastic. Mm. I hope those people actually did make the effort, because from my experience last year, and it sounds like you had a very similar one, except maybe it's even grown a bit more. Yeah, well, we've always kind of said that we'll always go to BorderCon as long as, you know, we... There's any reason why we can't, yeah. you know. So we'll always do that. This is like a month or so later, so time-wise it is cutting a bit close, but I'm more than happy to chuck this in my calendar that, nope, every year yeah. I do BorderCon and then I do LFG a few weeks later because – and this is for someone that has to come from Tasmania to yeah. get there. Anybody in New South Wales or anybody that can drive there reasonably mm-hmm. – You've got no excuse, as far as I can tell. Just, just have an absolute blast. And we need to especially thank Charles, who we had the interview of with course. at the end there, the, the man behind LFG, uh, who you know who helped put me up and get us over there, and that was absolutely great. We have you know kind of somewhat of a partnership with him that I hopefully will continue for yeah. years and years into the future, and it was just – it was very mutually beneficial, and it was very much fun. Yeah, look, thank you so much again, Charles. I'm so glad to hear all the fantastic news from LFG. Lots of games there that we can be excited about coming out in the future. Yeah. Speaking of games coming out, I wanted to, in the last few seconds, just give a huge congratulations to the team at Red Genie Games, Alex Winter and his crew. Yes. Um, we were a little bit worried that he was, they weren't going to get Damsel's Tail across the line at Kickstarter but they did right at the last minute and it even took a bit of a crazy jump up towards the end. Good. So, so happy that that one got over the line because I know they've put a lot of work into that one. Yes. Well, since we're going to wrap up soon, just a quick reminder to everyone again that if you don't, to follow us on all the social things. That we do a lot of stuff on Facebook and Instagram. We're on there all the time. We're happy to chat to anybody at the drop of a hat and all the content we put up on those things uh, are always different. We don't just put the same shash up on the same three or four yeah. social media platforms. We we do a bit of everything. We, we try to try to get around it all. Yeah, we, we've got a lot of work. And um, obviously all the people that you heard from in the interviews there, feel free to check out their work. The reason I interviewed those people was because I was a big fan of the stuff that they were doing and was very interested. There was sadly a good half a dozen other people there that I could have got my hands on yeah. to interview. Like I said, the Tassie guys, the Rain Absolute guys, and a few of was The game um, I Am the Fourth Wall was there as well. Oh, yes. I didn't get a chance to talk to them yep. at all just because I run out of time, sadly. But but stuff like that. So uh, give them all a follow and give them all a look because the, the board game scene in Australia, I can tell you from LFG, very much alive and kicking. Oh, that's great news. Well, look, we've got to run. Next week... We won't be there, unfortunately. But next week is Gen Con in America, supposedly the biggest four days of gaming in the world. I have heard if this. You, if you believe the hype. Yeah. But the good news is is that David Harding from Grail Games is going to be there, that little Aussie battler. <laughs> and I'm going to get an interview with him live on the floor at Gen Con, which hopefully we'll have probably in two shows' time. Yes. But in the meantime... Get out and play more games. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for following uh, and keeping an eye on what we do and for your support. And we got to go. Bye. We are. This has been an edit of The Dice Men Cometh from Edge Radio 99.3 FM, Hobart's independent youth station. Find us on Facebook and edgeradio.org.au.